guys and welcome back to another episode of brotherly love in the district tristan here along with jacob and jacob you want to tell them what we're going to get into yes on the nfl we're going to be talking about um the second week of preseason and maybe doing a little preview as to what we think we're going to see from our respective teams in the third week as well as we're continuing our little series we're going to be talking about the dallas cowboys going into hockey there's not much but we're going to talk a little bit about the preseason and when that starts and then going into the mlb Bryce Harper is back today, as well as the Nationals' uh, first-round pick from a few years ago is making his debut tonight, so let's get right into it. Yes, uh, so to start out, the – so I'll let you – did the Commanders play their starters? Because yeah, I think – played them for the first half. I'll, I'll let you talk about that game because, I mean, the Eagles and the Browns, they both agreed not to play their starters, uh, so there wasn't really much from the – from the game in that facet, uh, obviously you're not going to see much from Jalen Hurts or them at all. And I also heard that there might be that there's some talk that they might not even play their starters in the third game because the they're doing the joint practices with the Browns and the Dolphins. So that's where they're really getting their starters and where they're really starting to play. And that's really the only thing that they're uh, that's the more that they're worried about as opposed to playing in the preseason game. Yeah, so um, we've, we played the Chiefs, and I, there's a few takeaways from the game. Um, the main one being that Brian Robinson, I think, is going to undoubtedly be the starter for week one. In terms of running, he just looks so much better than Antonio Gibson. He's a lot more powerful. He's more explosive. He holds the ball well. So Antonio Gibson is going to have a significant decline in his number of carries. Our offense didn't do all that great, but it didn't do terrible. Carson Wentz was six for nine for 64 yards. Um, and the three passes that he missed, it did hit the receiver's hands. They were tough throws, but they did hit all of our targets in the hands. So I don't, I think he played pretty good. So I'm not too worried about that. I'm worried about our defense though, because Patrick Mahomes looked amazing against us. Our secondary stinks i mean it's very bad and it seems like we have the same problems from last year being that our third down defense stinks our linebackers aren't that great and um our secondary is pretty bad so it seems like it's the same exact year and we have the same exact problems um and it's it's, it's really worrying because Jack Del Rio and it seems like not a lot has been done with that defense for what we have on the defensive line. They're not doing as good as they probably need to. So it's, it's a little worrying. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not. First off, did you see uh, Chase Young has also been put on the pup list, which means he's out for the first four weeks at least of the season. Which I'm okay with that. I'm glad they're not rushing him back because that's very dangerous as as we have figured that out in the past. And then also, do you do you see anything from uh, Colin Coward like around? Sometimes. I just uh, I saw a clip this morning and he had his he had his NFC rankings out and Originally, he had the Eagles, the Cowboys, Commanders, Giants, 
he's now changed his uh his idea and it's now eagles cowboys giants commanders and his reasoning being that carson wentz was he's heard nothing but negative things about carson wentz and that he hasn't really been having a good camp and that with chase young out he the commanders are now missing a significant piece a significant weapon on their defensive line you know especially since he hasn't had a full season since did he play a full season in his rookie season he did right because he won defensive play of the year uh but since then he he hasn't had a full season and I, i understand where con coward's coming from but i do not agree with that at all i think the giants are significantly worse to even with our so-called problems. And I think with the Wentz thing, ever since he got here, our media has done nothing but criticize him endlessly. And I think that's part of it. And that, that this narrative is that is, oh, he's doing horrible and yada, yada, yada. He's going to be pulled. I think I think Carson Wentz has actually handled himself pretty well, considering I think a lot of our media has been set against him from the start. I mean, I can't like understand how you look at our roster and the Giants roster, even with our problems, like it, something significant and drastic would have to happen for both teams in order for the Giants to surpass Washington. Um, so I, I, I disagree with what Colin's saying, even though I think we have the possibility of being like a seven win team, but yeah. How can you say you disagree with him? And then say you still have the possibility of being a seven-win team because if the the Giants, I the don't Giants think, aren't going to be a six-win team though, Tristan. I, I see. I think you're wrong there. I they're think not. That they're not a good team, Tristan. The, the only, the only thing. Okay, you're a Washington fan, and you are still saying how bad your defense is constantly. And yes, you know, you know the saying. You know the saying. Defense wins championships. Yeah, which I'm it, not it, saying that you're even coming close to a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's against Patrick Mahomes, but we have one of the easiest schedules in the league. We face so do the Giants. Of, yeah, so do the Giants, but the Giants have an a worse schedule team. than you do. Yeah, but they are a worse team, Tristan. My point being that, first off, I. The Giants and the Commanders in their 22, like their starting 22 players, I think have a very – say both of your teams were to stay healthy the entire season, which obviously isn't going to happen already, being that Chase Young's put yeah. on the pup list. And we all know Carson Wentz's injury history. So Same with Saquon Barkley, though. Right, right there. Yes, I, I will uh, accept that. But the same thing – uh, I would say their starting 22 looks pretty even. Like you both have you both have deficiencies in certain places, but make up for it with other spots. So like basically just for an example, say like they have weaker corners, but you have weaker safeties. That's just an example. I'm not, that's just going off. I think our, our secondary, it's, but it's I, that's, I think it's the wrong, like. I'm not saying the your wrong secondary system. is bad. I'm just saying. I'm just saying as an example, their corners might be bad, but then your safeties are bad. So then it evens out. That's the example I'm trying to make there. Uh, so I think your 22 is about even. And there, uh, there has been sayings that uh, Daniel Jones, he might not be, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be the next best quarterback, but Josh Allen didn't have a great rookie season and Brian Dable helped turn him around. And Josh Allen is now 
a perennial MVP candidate. Again, not saying Daniel Jones is going to be an MVP candidate, but I think that you're, I think you're going too much off of last season, which I don't blame you because that's how everyone gauges how someone's going to do next season. But at the same time, all every team in the NFC East got better. Like the the only team that I would say quote unquote got worse the was Cowboys. the Cowboys. And I still don't think that they are a terrible team. So yes, you have to base what you think they're going to do off of last season. But I mean, they still added pieces that I think they're going to win more than five games this season. I think they can definitely win seven, probably not eight. Once you start getting up towards a winning record, that's when I start to back off a little bit. But I think they have potential to win six, maybe seven games. And I yeah. want to say they won four last season. I'll double check. I understand that. But with Daniel Jones, I we keep expect. I heard something similar to this last season that, oh, they're they're kind of a dark horse team and that they could surprise a lot of teams and they don't because with their offense, it comes down to the fact that even though they did improve their offensive line this year, it's nowhere near good. You can't really say that it's decent. Saquon Barkley, he always gets injured and it's due to the fact that he's running for his life most of the time and like the defenders get to him in the backfield quite often. And with the receivers, um, whether it's Kenny Gaudet, we keep thinking, okay, this guy, I think, I think he'd, he could be better than he actually is performing. And I, I just think that's what it comes down to with the Giants. And if we put up both of our teams, I think, I think Washington's going to have a better, um, better team because what our offense is going to be able to do that I don't think the Giants will do is have those really long drives and I think that's going to be one of the keys to helping our defense is having those really long drives that stretch out the clock. And that's our offense essentially. And now that we, um, we have a pretty good um, running back room and offensive line is actually performing pretty good, even though we have deficiencies on defense that I think really need to be addressed. I think it's going to be good enough to beat some, not like the top teams, but I think it's going to, be good enough to beat an okay amount now i think we can sit just above 500 i think that's a realistic goal for us real quick uh the the giants have two very high first round picks as their tackles now not saying that's going to transform their offensive line because obviously the interior is still very malleable It's, it's bad uh and Saquon Barkley played, I believe, four snaps last season before he was injured for the rest of the season. So you yeah. can't even base his what's going to go on this season from last season. That's you can't base that. If you look well, at you look at his history, if but if you look at okay, you want to look at his history. Yes, he didn't play last season, and the season before that, I want to say he got injured twice, and he did. Twenty twenty, he played two games last season. He played thirteen, but only had a hundred sixty-two carries. He he didn't play last season. In twenty twenty-one, oh. it shows he played thirteen games. What? Twenty twenty-two, he played two games. Oh, okay. So they're counting last season as twenty twenty-two. Okay, then the year prior, thirteen, and his rookie year, he also did get injured. But again, Cowboys. O line has been terrible, or not? And it just Giants, or, Giants O line. Yeah. Uh, but if you if you want to keep on looking at the history in college, again, college is a different animal from the NFL. But 
he didn't have injury problems like this in college. Now I can attest that because I was watching him in college and all that. He didn't have injury problems like that in college. So it's, I don't know if he all of a sudden become, became, you know, fragile since he signed, you know, multi-million dollar deal or if it's just the product of being behind a terrible offensive line. Now I would lean more towards the latter there because that's the one that makes sense, but who knows? Uh, so I'm going to say like there's pieces that you can like, but I would say that's the same for Carson Wentz. I don't know how injured, how many injuries he suffered in college. I can't attest to that, but again, like he was having an all-star season, um, MVP season up until he got injured in 2017. And then since then it has been going downhill. So, I mean, I think the the if you're trying to compare and trying to say like oh well Washington has this much better of an opportunity because of this that and the other thing I mean you can really like counteract it with the same thing going back towards Washington I think either way in preseason you can't really tell either because you can say yeah Washington's offensive line looks amazing right now but they're playing third string D linemen like so yeah you can say that we actually we, no we were actually playing the starters for the chiefs and before exactly. that the starters for the panthers but you weren't doing that in the entire game no we weren't doing that in the but entire i'm sure game, i'm but... sure your offensive line got taken out part way through too it but... got taken out the same time as our main starters got taken out um, we just did it as a whole unit versus certain players either way it is preseason you're gonna have to wait to see um yeah i mean that's really there there's questions that need to be answered and you can't really you can't really find out until the season starts i mean that's how the nfl works it's the beauty of it but uh i think like what our secondary i think comes down to is with our cornerbacks kendall fuller is a really good zone cornerback but juice and william jackson are man-to-man cornerbacks so i think that's one of the issues and our linebackers i think are an issue as well Jamin Davis is actually good at covering, but other than that, not much else. Our safeties leave a lot to be desired. I just think we need to, we need to change the system. I think it, I mean, we're running the same system as last year and getting the same outcome. I just think we need to like change a few things up, whether that's putting in a few more blitzes here and there or just changing to man or changing to a different style of zone. I think it's a solvable problem, but if like we don't try and do anything about it, then it's going to cause a lot of issues for, because we play some good quarterbacks, um, quarterbacks this year, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm obviously going to be worried because as a Washington fan, I have not been given a reason not to be worried. I mean, this happens a lot during the season, so. I mean, we'll obviously have to see, but I think our, like, I'm actually not really that worried about the offense because they're doing pretty much as, like, they're being asked. Carson Wentz is actually making some pretty smart throws, so I'm not too worried about that. And with Brian Robinson looking very good and his limited amount of carries on mid, but he's going to get the starting role, and I think I'm I'm excited for the offensive side of the ball. Uh the only thing I have really from the Eagles is, uh, did you, I don't know if you saw this because I don't think it went like viral as like NFL wide viral, but it was, uh, 
it, definitely an Eagles, like a Philadelphia thing that I was seeing all over Instagram and stuff. Did you see uh, Tyreek Hill when he beat Darius Slay on that route? I did not. Tyreek Hill and Darius Slay were going at each other on a go route to Tyreek Hill. And first off, Tyreek Hill was underthrown, uh, like we have been saying since he got traded. But uh, he was underthrown. But every everyone like everyone was saying, oh, like Darius Slay is trash because Darius Slay tripped and Tyreek Hill was then left wide open. And uh, I was like, oh, Darius Slay is tripped. The thing that was uh, the thing that made it better was AJ Brown tweeted back at that video. And he goes, yo, where are the videos of the Eagles receivers cooking the Miami corners? And I don't know who posted it, but I just saw it. It was a compilation of just A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith just toasting the the corners of Miami. But, I mean, other than that, it's um, the – like I said with the same thing with uh, with Washington and the Giants – it's preseason and obviously they're not starting their starters a ton in the preseason. So I'm really just waiting for the actual season to wait to see what happens because of it. I think first off the, the only thing that I really have to say is I think Jalen hurts is taking too much hate as a second year starter. Um, He's everyone wants to hop on the whole, you know, he's terrible uh bandwagon but i don't i really don't think he's going to be that bad he has been working now again i'm listening to different podcasts and hearing different uh sources of news come in and say like he's working on a ton of things and he looks good but again that's in practices and preseasons but everything that he was struggling with you know fleeing the pocket too early or seeing seeing routes downfield he was working on and he looks like he's getting better at so that's uh I think him getting hated on is too much I mean look at Lamar Jackson I think not comparing them but uh I mean I guess I am because really they're both kind of the same quarterback I think Jalen Hurts is a little bit more pass happy than uh than Lamar is which you obviously want as a quarterback but I think that's down to more personnel because I don't think the Ravens have the wide receiver core that they they definitely do not but still like uh Lamar Jackson in his rookie season was having issues throwing the ball and getting the ball downfield and then he worked in the offseason strengthened himself up and he could throw a ball way further like it's the same things like as an NFL quarterback you need to realize your weaknesses and then adjust them and do, work on that over the offseason and get ready for the next season so I think people are just taking uh too much off of what they saw last season which again, I still don't think he played terribly last season. No, he like kind of like with what Carson Wentz did. Those quarterbacks, they didn't play bad by any means. It's it's just that I think people have like lofty expectations, and I, I think, think the, the reason Jalen Hurts has as much pressure on him as he does this season is because how good on paper yes. the Eagles' offense is. You have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Still, it turned each one of your running backs. They looked pretty good they didn't get the highest numbers but they look really good and you finally have a decent wide receiver core now with aj brown and Devontae smith so decent i'd say i'd venture to say it's the best in the nfc east um i mean 
I'd say it's between I'd say I'd say it's between us because I think we have better depth than you. I still don't even think that because they're well. I, I well, who do you have at your depth? Because you just got rid of um, Arcega Whiteside and you got rid of was, some other... he wasn't even he was listed bad. as a wide receiver anymore. No. So you can't even say he was. Who's your there. depth though? So uh, you got AJ Brown one, Devontae Smith two, uh, Quez Watkins is like a vertical slot for three, which. Again, Quez Watkins takes so much hate, but I think he actually will be a pretty good uh, slot receiver. And Nick Sirianni thinks that Quez Watkins has potential to be the best number two receiver he's ever worked with, which makes no sense being that they traded for A.J. Brown then moving Devontae Smith down to number two, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but getting high praise from Nick Sirianni, in, uh, in that's what we're really looking at there. Then at four, they have Zach Pascal, who's played for the Colts, and he was with the Titans for a little bit before that. Now, Zach Pascal isn't exactly the, you know, best sounding of names, but they brought him in to do one job, and he knows his job, which is to be a third down receiver, possession receiver, who can just get beyond the sticks and catch the ball right beyond the first down. So he knows his role. And then their fifth receiver looks like it's going to be end up being Jalen Rager unless they trade him because he's not going to be cut, which Jalen Rager still has yet to uh, find gold and, you know, actually find his way in the NFL. But still, I think having a first round pick as your fifth receiver shows you have pretty good depth, whether he's performing or not. That, that remains to be seen, but Either for Washington, <laughs> Washington, we have McLaurin, Doxon, Samuel, and our two main backups are Cam Sims and De'Ami Brown. And with Antonio Gibson getting, like, we're, I think we're going to try and move him away say, if he's, from If he's getting booted from back, running back, he might be, because he played slot in college. Yeah, I think he's going to be more like a gadget guy. I think he's going to... A Dexter McCluster. A yeah, Devin he's going to play more of that role. So if we look at both of our wide receiver cores, I, I think both of them... I think they're the two best because the Cowboys, I think, fell off because they got rid of um, Amari Cooper. And I think that's going to hurt them significantly. Um, I I like both of our wide receiver cores over them. The, Whose will be better? I think that really that's down to the play of the quarterback and how each one executes. Um, but I, I'm more of a homer, but I still lean towards more of ours. But if you got if your wide receiver core did better, I really wouldn't be that surprised. I think, I think the only thing again, like you said, I mean, it comes down to, you know, us being fans of the other teams. I think, uh, I feel like the Eagles receiver just has a little bit more experience in the NFL, and that's why I think they're a little bit better. I mean, AJ Brown is on his second contract at this point. Devontae Smith almost broke a thousand yards as a rookie last season. Probably could have if he had a different quarterback, but uh, that's what you get when you're a rookie. You don't really get to choose. Uh, and then Zach Pascal, who I think this is his second or third contract in the NFL. So um, it's I think there's just a little bit more experience under the Eagles belt. But I mean, we'll see during the season. And like you said, I think it'll come down to the to the quarterback play. But um, leaning from your comment on the Cowboys receivers, let's talk about the uh, the Cowboys here and see where we think they're going to fall. Uh, starting on offense, obviously, Dak Prescott, 
uh, has potential, as much as it hurts me to say this, has potential to be a top 10 quarterback in the league, depending on his receivers. Now, I have never been a believer in Dak Prescott. You're never big on him. Because if you like, if you, I think this is the first year that he's actually going to get tested as an NFL quarterback. Every other season, he has had insane weapons around him. He's had Amari Cooper since he came into the league. Ezekiel Elliott was the leading rusher in the NFL as a rookie, I believe. Uh, And then he had the best offensive line, like essentially had the Great Wall of China, I always compared him to, in front of him. So when, you know, you have 10 seconds in the pocket, and you, as a corner, you can't cover for that for more than three seconds, four seconds. So if you can sit in the pocket for five seconds and uh, open yourself up a wide receiver, then you're obviously going to look great. So personally, I've never been a huge believer in Dak Prescott. And I think this year will be the first year that he actually gets tested. And the reason why, one, Ezekiel Elliott is nowhere near the same player that he used to be. No. He is falling apart. Tony Pollard. Yeah, people are talking about giving Pollard the majority of carries because he looks more explosive. He holds onto the ball better and just another Memphis boy. Yeah, Ezekiel, he just does not look near the same player as he used to be. Yeah. So uh obviously Ezekiel Elliott's falling apart. But if I'm being completely honest, I feel like as Dak Prescott, you'd rather want Tony Pollard than Ezekiel Elliott because I would too. Tony Pollard is more of a dual threat running back. Like he's got power to get in between the in between the tackles and still get upfield. He has the speed to get around the tackles if he needs to. And he's got good hands because Memphis coaching would preach working on the hands uh, during practice as a running back. So I would say uh I would say that I'd re- almost rather Tony Pollard if I was Dak Prescott, but I'm not. So uh, we'll see how the running back situation plays out. But then the wide receivers, again, they don't really have a number. They don't have a number one wide receiver. Amari Cooper got traded to the Browns. They have CD lamb, but he's He's not a one. He's not a one. No, like a one as a one. I think of obviously AJ Brown. Think of Julio Jones in his heyday. Uh, Debo Samuel could be a one. I'm thinking of the players who, you know, like are a little bit more physical and when they get the ball, they can still get yards after the catch. Like they are a full on, like all put together receiver in my mind personally. So uh, obviously you have AJ Brown, who's more of a built guy and can get, will catch a short pass, but still get a 10 yard gain. I don't think of any of their receivers as that type of person. CD lamb is mostly a slot receiver uh, with good. Yeah, with good short area quickness and a good route runner. And then Michael Gallup, he's an outside receiver, but again, not a one. He doesn't really possess the, he doesn't possess the, I can't think of the word, but he doesn't possess the same traits that a number one receiver does. Uh, And then right now it has Jalen Tolbert listed as their third wide receiver. I've never heard of him. They have James Washington who got drafted the, Steelers who hasn't really shown anything great when he was in the NFL and Noah Brown who's played here and there but hasn't really again hasn't really showed anything uh I don't 
there Jalen Tolbert's a rookie, so he was a third round pick out of South Alabama. So again, not a guy that screams number one receiver to me. Uh so this is really the first year Dak Prescott's gonna have to battle for yards in a passing play, being that he doesn't have a safety blanket of a receiving core anymore. Dalton Schultz, obviously really good tight end, in my opinion. I think he's under he's underrated in my opinion. Yeah, last year he had 800 yards, eight touchdowns. And considering how um like it was a very pass happy offense and they threw a lot, the ball a lot to Amari and um CD Lamp. I think he had a he had a very good season. He also uh last year Dalton Schultz also shared the snaps with who's the other receipt uh tight end they had. I can't think of who it was. They had another wide receiver la- or tight end last season that they used quite a bit. And uh so he wasn't – wonder if – I'm going to just pull, pull him up real quick. Uh, I'm going to try to pull up a different – Blake Jarwin. Yes, Jarwin. Thank you. Uh, Jarwin was the other one that they they played with a lot. So he wasn't even necessarily the number one tight end in Dallas last season. Uh, but I feel like – Dak Prescott will definitely be looking his way more this season, being that he doesn't have a number one receiver to uh to look at in Amari Cooper. And the offensive line has just taken another significant hit with Tyron Smith being out for the entire year. Yeah, they're the only name that I recognize on this uh on this offensive line is Zach Martin. I think I actually know Connor McGovern McGovern too think he's a yeah Connor McEvan actually former Penn Stater uh but he was drafted a couple seasons ago now starting for them as of right now but uh their offensive line like you said has taken a hit and is nowhere near the same that it used to be so their offense just all together has fallen apart uh between the offensive line the receivers all of that they're just falling yeah, versus their defense, which in previous years was the big question mark of the team. I think it's really flipped. I think it's more of a secure thing than their offense is. Um, I, I don't I, think, like, Trayvon Diggs, he's not a lockdown no. corner. He takes a lot of risks, but he takes a lot of those risks in order to get a lot of takeaways. And I think their defense will be decent enough. And I think they'll get a decent amount of takeaways. I think that's what they strive for. They're not going to be like, the defenses, like the old Jets defenses with Darrell Revis that just try and shut you down three and out. The Cowboys, they'll try, they'll make a lot of risks in terms of how they play the field in order to get um, a takeaway. And with the addition of Micah Parsons, who I still think should be a commander, I'm so mad that they picked him. Should um, be an eagle. What do you mean? <laughs> he should be a commander. Get out of here. But yeah, I just think, um, He's obviously – they're looking for him to make another step up this year. I think they're going to be – they're going to be more um, steady and secure than the offense is going to be this year, I think. All right. Let me – which is saying a lot, being that the Cowboys' defense is never, you know, what screens. It's, it's not even going to be, like, lockdown this I, year either. When I think – when I think uh, – when I think Cowboys, 
I think they kind of try to copy the Chiefs where it's, you know, uh, let your offense just score a ton of points and then have your defense, excuse me, just good enough. Yeah, just good enough to bend but don't break. So, like, you can give up field goals and maybe a touchdown here or there. Just don't let them continue to score touchdowns because our offense will score. I think they're even different in that thinking because they go for a lot of takeaways. They led the league last year. I would say not anymore. Uh, yeah, they led the league in takeaways last year, but again, Diggs gave up over a thousand yards to now, receivers. With that being said, I want to take a moment to talk about Diggs. First off, did you see the NFL top 100 voted on? Yeah, that voted is on by the other players. And that Trey is Bob utterly Diggs ridiculous. He's fell in three to 23. Yes, Terry McLaurin that, isn't even on the list. Yeah, how that happened, I have no idea. Jonathan but, Allen's in the 80s. How was he that? Yeah, Jonathan Allen should be ranked higher. I don't think I saw Jason Kelsey in there, who should definitely be ranked up there. Uh, Jordan, I think, I think every single player on the Eagles' offensive and defensive line should fall in there somewhere. Defensive Uh, line, no. Maybe not defensive, but definitely offensive. Offensive line, yeah. But players, they don't rate offensive linemen. There's a clip. Not as much, no. A bunch of players saying that. Oh, I don't think any offensive linemen should be in the top 100 but they're the reason you're able to make those catches pal exactly uh but i want to take a moment to talk about trayvon diggs because he is a piece of work in himself trayvon diggs is the most overrated player in the nfl i agree i will take all the hate for that that anyone wants to send me he is not as good as he says. First off, he played safety in college, and they are trying to convert him to a corner. So that's where his playmaking ability and his his ball hawking skills come from, and that's why he gets so many picks. He plays but, the corner like a safety. Have you seen the videos in the offseason of him getting cooked by their, like, third and fourth and fifth receivers from other and teams. did you see the clip with Keenan Allen where they were doing a joint practice with the Chargers and he was on Keenan Allen and Keenan Allen stopped in the end zone Trayvon Diggs had his back to the quarterback Keenan Allen caught the ball right over his head yeah and like, Trayvon Diggs was just looking at him that uh Trayvon Diggs does has no business playing as an a starting NFL cornerback now as an NFC East rival in the Eagles, I hope they keep on playing him there because he is terrible there. He gives up, he gave up over a thousand yards last season, and he is nowhere near a top corner. But he's a great ball hawk, but he's not a good corner whatsoever. Yes, if they were to move him back to safety, they'd be benefiting way more than trying to play him at receiver be, or corner. Because if you get one good receiver on him, Trayvon Diggs versus AJ Brown. A.J. Brown is going to cook him 90% of the time. Terry McLaurin against Trayvon Diggs, Terry McLaurin's going to cook him 90% of the time. Like, there's just no – you're trying to convert someone, and obviously whatever you're trying to do hasn't worked as a coach, and you need to find a way to fix it. Obviously, I hope they do that because he's not a good corner, but uh, he – they they need to figure something out if they want to have any success in their secondary because he is not a corner player. He doesn't know – he doesn't understand coverages, I think. Like, he doesn't understand the 
idea of man-to-man coverage. I think if they played more zone, he'd be fine because then he doesn't have as much – that's more safety responsibility and zone yeah. coverage, but he's not a good man corner, mm-hmm. and I think that's what they're trying to make him, which he doesn't work good as. He's a natural ball hawk, and he takes a lot of risks. That's why he gets so many interceptions. He takes a lot of risks, but the um, outcome of that is some – a decent amount of the times you're going to get burnt or the wide receiver is going to get behind you. Yeah. Uh, but their secondary, their secondary has never really been good. Stood out to me in ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it still isn't that way. Uh, Malik hooker. I don't know if you remember him. He played for the Colts for a little bit. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a safety. Yeah. He's pretty good. Uh, I think, honestly, I think Malik Hooker played corner with the Colts, and I think they'd be better off switching Malik Hooker and Trayvon Diggs, if, could if work. I'm thinking correctly. Uh, I, I thought he wrong. was just a safety, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I could be misspoken, but uh, I'm pretty sure they tra- they played Malik Hooker at corner with the Colts. Uh, and then another guy. Kelvin Joseph, he was a second-round pick last year from Kentucky. He, I don't remember if you remember me talking him about talking about him a little bit last season. He's a good corner. He's an actual corner uh, who should be playing corner. And if he were to end up playing over Trayvon Diggs sometime this season, I wouldn't be surprised because uh, he actually knows how to play the position. He played at LSU. He got kicked out of LSU due to uh, – due to uh like I, I don't want to say crime reasons because i don't think it was outside of football but he was he was causing issues and he got kicked out of lsu and he transferred to kentucky uh so he's a good corner and he should be playing corner but i don't know if he's ready yet and i think that's why he's still considered on the bench uh and then j ron curse you know he's I think the Eagles were actually looking at signing him for a little bit, but decent safety, you know, plays the position. I'd say their safeties are definitely stronger than their cornerbacks. Anthony Brown and Trayvon Diggs, obviously not great corners, would probably wouldn't start anywhere else. Trayvon Diggs might start just because of his name at this point, but uh, not great. And their linebackers continue to be. Yeah, their linebackers insane. are amazing. Michael Parsons, Anthony Barr, Anthony Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Anthony Barr. Anthony, Anthony Barr now. Who, if you remember, is uh was the Viking. big man for the Vikings, but he is getting old. So how well that'll transfer, we'll we'll see. But their their linebackers right now look scary. And then their their defensive line again just doesn't really scream out to me. Obviously, Demarcus Lawrence, but I, I wonder. You know what makes me think a little bit is uh the fact that Randy Gregory walked. Like, yeah, that that's I want to say he got, if he didn't get much more from the Cowboys, if he didn't get the same, then it might have been a little bit more. But he got basically the same deal from the Cowboys and the Broncos, and he decided to walk after he told the Cowboys that he was going to stay. So I wonder yeah. if there was something going on that he just didn't like in the system, and that's yeah. why he ended up leaving. It's it's hard to say. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I 
it could be some like a disagreement with the coaching staff or something with the locker room, but yeah, it's just hmm, weird. Now, looking at this, I would say that, uh, like I said earlier, the Cowboys team is really the only team that I would look at and say they got worse. But yeah, I, but it's not like a huge. At like, the same time, really, really bad. I still think they're gonna be good. Having said that, I feel like they have the most the most returners, like the most guys coming back. So I feel like they have the best chemistry. And at the yeah. same time, I don't know how their draft went. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try I mean, to you know pretend like I know, you know the who they drafted and how they did and all their prospects and everything. But depending on how they drafted, uh then that would change my that would change my look but just looking at this and going off of what i know from watching around is uh this is the only team in the nfc east that i would say quote unquote got worse but again still has a lot of returners and still could be a pretty decent team uh with that being said i do have them finishing second in the division I really don't know how the division's going to turn out because depending on how each of the, I think the three, the four teams play, I could honestly see it being any way. I think some outcomes are more unlikely than others. Like if it was commanders, Eagles, Cowboys, or Eagles, commanders, Cowboys, or whatever it is, I, um, I wouldn't be surprised by any of those outcomes. I just think some of them are more unlikely than others. So, so I can't. I can't put a number. You say or, they're going to be top three. Yeah, basically what you're trying to say. Yeah, but that's. I think that's a relatively obvious answer. Yeah. Uh. But with that, that does finish the our little Cowboys look in. Uh. That's all I got for them. Uh, for the NFL, anything else from you? A few quick things. Recently, um, Washington claimed Wes Martin off waivers, and um, he's the former um, football teamer, whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, And it's just adding more depth, and I like – so I like that. Um, um, Brian Mitchell, who is um, a Washington analyst, I think he's the greatest returner of all time. He played for both of our teams. He and Devin Hester should be in the hall, but he had a great quote um, when it was – after it was after the second preseason game um and it's it went something along the lines of we've become so wrapped up in dan schneider we've given the coaching staff a pass for not doing their damn job and i think that's i mean i think that's pretty true i think a lot of our fan base have been so enwrapped in the whole dan schneider thing and i'm one of them and I, i'm still i still don't like him at all but i i just think there comes a point where our defense needs to step up. Our coaching staff needs to find answers for these problems that we've had for the past few years, and they really need to be answered. We cannot continually give them a pass. Now, real quick, this I'm not trying to, you know, take down your quote or anything, but uh, one thing that I do have against the whole coaching thing, uh, it's just something that I've been hearing a lot from a Flyers podcast that I listen to. Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio and all them, they're not going out on the field to play. 
Coaches yeah. coach, players play. So yes, the coaches might be having some issues, but that's also it's a product of how the players play. So again, yeah, I, I mean that's understand that both sides, but in order for good play to come, I think good coaching needs to come as well. I think the two go hand in hand. And I still think the secondary, it has some good players on it, but I just think we haven't been able to get um the concept and like how our defense should be playing on the field down. I just think we haven't been able to figure that out considering how it seems like we've had the same like style of defense, but the same problems still persist. So I just think some things need to be changed up. And I don't think Ron Rivera will be on the hot seat, but I certainly think Jack Del Rio is considering all the controversy he's had in the off season so far. And how, if the defense doesn't really play up to what it's um, advertised to be, I could see him being kicked out. Uh, but other than that, that's really is that all you had for the NFL. Um, oh, one quick thing. Recently, um, Hall of Fame quarterback Len Dawson passed yes. away. Um, he was the one of. The, he was one of the, I'd say he's the first great quarterbacks in Chiefs history. Um, he won a Super Bowl with that Chiefs team that had a really great defense with Willie Lanier and Bobby Bell. Um, and if you go back and look at the numbers, he's actually, he looks like a uh, more of a modern quarterback, decently high completion percentage for the time and a pretty good um, touchdown to interception ratios for that time. Like I said, he threw a lot more touchdowns and interceptions. So um, our prayers are with his family, so rest in peace to a legend. With that, we are going to move over real quick to hockey. This is hockey's in a big dead area right now, uh, even more dead than we were with the with football at any point in time. Uh, yeah, but we are coming up on training camp uh, pretty soon. The training camps will start uh, for both the Flyers and Washington, and I, it looks like the rest of the NHL, uh, September 12th. So, yeah. And then we start the preseason, depending on your team, somewhere between September 15th, 14th, actually, for the Caps against Winnipeg. The 15th is the first uh, Flyers preseason game, and – that's the only real thing going on is we're waiting for training camp to start uh, before anything happens. And that's really all we got for hockey because there's nothing going on. The only, well, um, recently at Fanatics um, might've accidentally released a lot of the new reverse retro logos. Um, oh, it looks yeah. like they released like shirts, not exactly the jerseys, but it looks like Washington is it's the same Screaming Eagle logo, but it's the old color, so I'm excited about that. And there's a few other notables, but once those get released, we'll do a tier list on YouTube. The, so the thing that's that, one of the things I'm actually excited for. I think that's always fun. The thing that I hate about the reverse retros and everything is the Flyers have always had the same logo, so they well, never get yeah, anything. It's like you, the Habs, the, the Red Wings, the Leafs. Yeah. It's hard for them to really... Sh- like do anything else the Leafs I think have strayed away a little because they keep changing the leaf the most recent design was pretty ugly but 
yeah, yeah. I wonder what you guys are going to do. Are you just going to go back to the jerseys that had the gold in it and add some gold to your jerseys? That's the only thing I could think you would do. The only gold jerseys I can think about that you're talking about was it the, was ones the they, same logo, but they had like gold trim. They only did that for the 50th season. I yeah, think. But like, if it's the same ones that I'm thinking of, then yeah, I think, I they think only, it is, but I think they only did that for the 50th season. Yeah, but what else would you guys like do? There was there was an old jersey. I'll I'll screen share it on here. Um the the it was like the middle of the the middle of the Flyers logo was like shiny. I don't know how to explain it. Uh but I remember using those jerseys in uh in like NHL 2K8 or something all the time. I can't uh let's see if i can try to find it but yeah i mean other than i don't really know what else they can do because they did the this is what you oh this is the logo i'm talking about uh hang on one sec let's do this and that this is the logo i'm talking about okay and then i think this is what you were talking about with the yeah, gold that's, what I, that's what I was talking yeah, about. See, it, it was just for the 50th anniversary. But that's the only thing that I could really think of where it's like, oh, that's like the only thing that you can really have a retro to. Yeah, it's going to be hard for the Flyers to really do anything drastic. Uh, other than that, I mean, that's really... That's really it for the for the nhl there's nothing really going on yeah here there's a picture here of the first logo compared to the now logo the only difference i really see is one appears to have more white the old one appears to have more white and is smaller <laughs> that's really it. and by more white i mean like the white parts on the logo now are just a little bit bigger yeah so there's not there's much difference. really no there's really no change in uh in the logo but hey consistency is key in hockey <laughs> uh but with that i do want to move over to the mlb because that actually does have some uh, news in it but real quick i do want to talk about the Bomberger food truck uh Bomberger is a relatively new food truck opened by Actually, two of our friends that we went to high school with, uh, two college-age kids based out of Loudoun County and, you know, trying to make their own business. Uh, they have great burgers. They have a new special almost every weekend. Uh, and I'm personally, I ate there one time, personally a big fan of their bomb burger, you know, their their namesake. Uh, that's their most popular burger. Uh, really good food. They also do, their their fries are really good too. They do like the steak fries. Uh, but they go to Brossman's farm stand in Luckett's, Virginia every weekend and are coming up in this next month. Uh, they actually are starting to expand out more, uh, more catering, you know, more, more locations coming up, uh, going into the month of September. So if you want to find out where they're going and try to get more in on their news, they post all their events on their socials in on Facebook and Instagram. So go follow them over there and 
you can check out where they're going and go check out their food. Check them out, give them some support. Going right. on into baseball, we actually have some exciting things to talk about. Um, the most exciting thing is that Kate Cavalli, I knew you were going to Nationals okay. first round pick, is starting tonight, making his debut. And Joey Manessis continues to be one of the hottest hitters in all of baseball. Before we talk about that guy, Bryce Harper, I don't know if you've heard of him, but Joey Manessis um, so far is hitting 324, six home runs, eight RBI with a 945 OPS, and he's slugging 595. I mean, at least that's a bright spot for you. At, huh? at least, at least that's a bright spot for you. Yeah, it like that's one of the only bright spots. And how C.J. Abrams has been recently called up—that's that's about it. Do you? Okay, I gotta I gotta ask you a question because I mean, I personally, when I get to a point in a season where, like last season when the Flyers were playing, and I just realized like, okay, yeah, this isn't going anywhere. Do you get to a point where you're just like, yeah, I don't want to watch them anymore? Like, do you, have you given up or do you still watch Nationals games? I still watch them, but it's harder to do so. It's harder to find the motivation. It's, yeah, it's it's hard to be like, oh, there's there's a game on, but it's like, I, do I really want to watch them? Please? I mean, I know like, they're going to lose. I mean, it, so. <laughs> I, I was just wondering because like yeah. last season when the Flyers were playing, I was having trouble once I knew they were out of the playoffs. And Every season for the Phillies, I've been having trouble. After about the All-Star break, I'm like, do I really need to watch it? But this is how often I am trying to watch the Phillies. Uh, because but, they're actually in the hunt. Yeah, they, they're actually in a playoff spot, and they're starting to get some players back, uh, like Bryce Harper, who – so he went down on – his first game was on Tuesday in a couple months since June 29th when he broke his finger – that he had played real-time baseball. He went down to Lehigh Valley for a rehab assignment. And, and he hit a home run on his first pitch. He hit I, – I don't think it was his first pitch, but it was the first at-bat he hit a home run. And then he ended up hitting a walk-off home run. It was either a walk-off or a go-ahead home run later in the game too. Uh, so – and then a couple days later, I think it was actually the next night, he hit a walk-off double in – uh, at the end of that game too so they they planned on leaving him down there until saturday uh which today's friday as we're recording and he's making his day de- not his debut but he's coming back tonight right. on friday against who are they playing i think it's the pirates if i recall correctly uh yes pirates at the phillies uh so he's making his comeback tonight but uh, this is the first time he's going to be playing some real MLB pitching. And honestly, if I'm being if I'm being brutally truthful and completely honest, I'm kind of happy that he's coming in against the Pirates because obviously the Pirates are struggling. Wait, so the Pirates know. stink. They have it's, Cabrine Hayes and O'Neill Cruz, and that's literally it. It's better than him coming in to face like Max Scherzer or Jacob deGrom right off the bat because yeah, he's no gonna, pun intended. I think he's but... going to struggle a little bit coming back and you I think you want to like some easier teams to get him back in the groove the, and the only the your other only way are still hot the so only way it could have worked out better is if he came in you know like two days ago when they were still playing the Reds who they just swept or the Nats because we're worse yes or the Nats 
But uh, but with that, you know, they bring back Harper. He's going to be playing tonight. And they put Zach Wheeler on the 15-day IL. So Zach Wheeler now, which puts us back in that same predicament that we had pre-trade deadline where we now only have four pitchers. Uh, good news is he's he'd only be missing like two or three starts. So it's and not your pit, and your pitchers are actually doing decent, and you have some hot hitters right now. So I think you'll be fine. You'll be able Nola, to get past it. Nola just pitched his second complete game in a row. Yeah, so Nola's been playing really well. He and Castellano and Castellanos, boom, Bryson Stott. Um, Bryce they're playing Harper pretty decent. Yeah, uh, and Br- yeah, Bryce is coming back. So I think you'll be fine. Schwarber hit his thirty fifth home run yesterday. So, uh, hopefully that's the Phillies broke 70 wins finally uh i wanted to bring up the stats though from yesterday because like i said aaron nola he struck out 11 complete game five hits zero earned runs 308 era uh so i mean the team's starting to warm up i don't want to say hot but they're starting to warm up getting into the right time they're Last time I looked, which I believe was yesterday, they were two games ahead of the Padres in the wild card. Two and a half games ahead of the Padres now. And, and I uh, think I think you'll get past the Padres because with the Tatis thing, I think it's cast a shadow over that team. And I think they've underperformed for the amount of talent they have. And with players like Josh Bell, he's doing really bad there. I think it's going to be it's going to be close, but I think he'll beat him out. The only – well, we we have him beat – we're two and a half games ahead. Did I say behind? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I meant ahead. Um, yeah, ahead. Just, yeah, they're two and a half games ahead of the Padres right now, which I almost would rather uh, – actually, no, that's a lie because – so right now, no, I would almost rather the Padres go up and beat out the Phillies right now because – Atlanta is one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. They are You're not catching Atlanta. Yeah, I know, but that's I don't want to play Atlanta. That's why I'm saying I want them to drop. And if they were to catch up to Atlanta, which again they're not going to, and I they'd still be playing Atlanta because right now, if the playoffs were to start tonight, the Dodgers and the Mets would have a bye. St. Louis would be playing San Diego, and Atlanta would be playing Philadelphia in a best of three for the wild card. Uh, so no more one game wild card baseball, which that's kind of that's kind of sad because the one those card games wild, were fun. Yeah, one game wild cards in baseball were fun because there were just so many variables that you had to look out for. Uh, but no more of that. It's now uh, a best of three wild card round, which still is interesting, but not as fun as a one game. And. Uh, so I'd almost rather the Phillies drop below San Diego because I don't want the Phillies to play Atlanta in a first round. I don't know if they can beat Atlanta in a best of three. Uh, I don't think so. As much, the only way I could see but it St. happening. Louis is, but St. Louis, they're really hot as well. I don't, I really wouldn't want to play them either. St. I'd rather play St. Louis though. I feel like St. Well, Louis is. Uh, I wouldn't want to face either, but St. Louis, Albert Pujols is hot. Paul Goldschmidt is yeah, looking. Albert on- Pujols has like four home runs in the last six games or something. He has like six. 
Um, yeah, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are the number are one and two for the NL MVP. Paul, Paul Goldschmidt is like two homers away from leading the Triple Crown. He leads in RBIs and averages and two behind in the homer. I think he's three now, and the home run lead. He's, so I would yeah, he's Cardinals he's, are a really good team. I don't. He's two behind wanna, Schwarber right now. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play them either. I think it's going to be a very difficult ask for to be either one of the teams. But it sounds like the understand what you're saying. We can do is we need to go up and we need to catch up to the Mets. <laughs> Which yeah, even, even if even if the Braves go up and catch up to the Mets, which I think they're only a half game back, right? Oh, they're two games back. Uh, the Mets started winning again, but the, they're two games back. Even if Atlanta were to pass the Mets, I still don't want to play the Mets because the Mets have had the Phillies. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to start, they're going to be able to start Scherzer and DeGrom back to back, which exactly. is like do not, not want to do. And they have Edwin Diaz. It's, not a good look for the Phillies in the playoffs right now. It's I mean, gonna be yeah. it's gonna be difficult different. to win. It's different than the regular season. You know, there's a different energy and everything's more competitive. And going into the playoffs, we should be getting players back. I don't think so. Corey Knable's on 60 day IL. I don't think he's coming back. No. Zach Eflin, it says he's on 60 day IL, but He's been on the aisle for a while, so I don't know if that's a refreshment of the 60-day aisle or how that works. Uh, but I don't know if he'll be back in time. Brandon Marsh is beginning his rehab assignment in Lehigh Valley, so he should be coming back soon. And then Zach Wheeler is only on 15-day IL, so he shouldn't be out too long. So we're starting to get players back from injury. Sir Anthony Dominguez, who is one of our better uh bullpen arms which i never thought i'd say in my life that the phillies <laughs> bullpen is actually pretty decent um, yeah it doesn't stink he's only he's only on 15 day il so he should be coming back so hopefully we're starting to get healthy at the right time uh there's really only a little over a month left in baseball and hopefully the phillies can start to uh get healthy and get some wins and lead them getting hot into the playoffs. Uh, but I think once, I think once our outfield is completely healthy again with Brandon Marsh in center, uh, Bryce Harper, I think they're only putting him as, as DH. I still don't think he's going in full into a uh, defense yet, but once we get Brandon Marsh back in center, and Bryce Harper back in the lineup, I think I'll be happy. But it's get it's getting it's getting nerve wracking. I've I haven't been this nervous about Phillies baseball in a while. Uh and then finishing out the season. Well, I probably won't do the yeah, actually, we have Pittsburgh now, then Arizona, and then uh I, I like the Phillies, the Phillies schedule finishing out the season. Uh, yeah, I like the Phillies schedule finishing out the season. They really only have three, four absolutely dire, uh, dire matchups. They have Pittsburgh, three game against Pittsburgh, 
three game in Arizona and then a three game in San Fran and then three games against Miami, three games against Washington, three games in Miami, three games in Atlanta, two games against Toronto, four games against Atlanta, and then three in Chicago, four in Washington, and three in Houston. So I'd say San Fran, Atlanta, both Atlanta, Houston, and then the two games against Toronto is really the only thing that they have left to worry about. Other than that, they have a pretty easy ride for the rest of the season and going into the playoffs. So hopefully they'll be able to start catching heat at the right time going into the playoffs because they don't have much to worry about. Yeah, it's a fairly easy schedule. And as as they approach that, hopefully uh, Atlanta will start to cool down because Atlanta, mm-hmm. they have St. Louis, Colorado, Miami, Oakland, Seattle. How good is Seattle? They're actually decent. They're 68 and 57. They're they I think they're in a wild card spot. They're a lot better than the Angels. <laughs> San Fran, Philly, Washington, Philly, Washington, the Mets, and then Miami. I'd say the Braves have a pretty I'd say the Braves schedule is pretty 50-50. I still think they'll finish ahead of you guys. I oh yeah, they're they're like eight games ahead of the Phillies right now. Yeah. There is no shot they don't finish, unless they they're seven and a half games ahead of the Phillies. Unless they totally forget how to play baseball in the next month, I think they've locked in the second spot. Uh, but you know, I will say this turned out to be just like I predicted at the beginning of the season, like the the three way battle for the for the division. I thought the Phillies were going to be able to come out on top. But Atlanta and the Mets have both surprised me. I didn't think Atlanta would be playing the way they are. Uh, The last thing, though, that I want to mention before we finish off the episode here is the new new scheduling that they're going to do for the MLB, which I'm actually super excited about because this is something that I think they should have been doing for multiple years, and they just never did. To what reason? I have no clue. But they are now playing every team will play every other team in the MLB like the NHL does. Uh, so the I'm going to pull up the the way that they're going to work the, the schedule. So for the first time ever, all 30 clubs will face each other. 52 total division games, 64 total intra-league games, and 46 total interleague games. All 30 clubs play on opening day, Jackie Robinson Day, Lou Gehrig Day, 4th of July, Roberto Clemente Day, and Game 162. So that just, I think that makes it more interesting. You know, you, yeah. you're getting a little taste of every team every season, which makes it more fun in my opinion. That's, yeah, that's going to be cool. That's what I like, to, that's what I like about ho- the hockey schedule is you're facing every team at least once. I think... With 31 teams, they ha- it was worked out perfectly. I don't know if they'd still do the same thing with 32 teams. I know they still play every team, but uh, I don't know how they work it. But, yeah, I just never understood why they had to face divisions uh, in the MLB when you have 162 games. Like, I think – Yeah, you don't – you could spread it out a little bit Exactly. More. I, it just didn't make sense to me. But uh, that's, that's something that I'm really looking forward to. I mean, I'm excited to uh, – I mean, obviously, you have stars on every team, and why why not get to play all of them? Uh, 
but yeah like joey manessis for the nationals he's a star all right, dude i think i think you know what next jersey you need uh, <laughs> if, if he resigns with the team i'll consider it with that i think we're gonna end it off there anything else from you that's all i got all right so you guys can follow our instagram uh at bl in the dc uh, our tiktok at bl in the dc where we do like little clips of the pods when we release them and like separate little segments if something big happens like a trade or whatnot and we post all that stuff on instagram too you can dm us questions and comments on instagram uh you can email us questions or comments at blndc at gmail.com uh, you can rate us on spotify and apple and leave us a review on apple and i think that's it so with that we will see you guys next week see you later